March 13th, 2022. Let's continue in Nefesh And uh, Nefesh Haim is continuing to discuss, as he began in Perek uh, what we'll call Levusha Torah, the embodiment, quote unquote, of the Torah in this world. He writes, we oftentimes talk about that word simsum, that contraction, with regards to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Of course, if we're to argue, if Torah, so to speak, and Akadosh Baruch Hu were to envision in some way as being one, also then it makes sense as well that the Torah needed to, uh, quote unquote, following the lead of God or concurrently with God, to be mitsamsem et asma. Well, what does that mean? Well, the same way, uh, by by means of of uh, of mashal, the way uh, we'll talk about Hakadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol being mitzamtzim himself, which means to say, uh, he makes himself noble to human beings. Lifi madregatam, according to who we are as human beings, we can, with our limited capacity rise to not the greatness of his essence, that's inconceivable, impossible, but he makes open to us the opportunity to understand him within this world, within the constructs of our understanding, getting to the closest we can of shilemut, of humanity's understanding, that's the simsum of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so too with Torah. And concurrently with Torah, Torah has this levush kivyachol, of embodying that divine wisdom, the absolute wisdom, and being susceptible for human beings to somehow tap into within this world. That's not, that is very carefully not saying that you're touching on essence, so to speak. In other words, he has described for us how Torah is this transcendent essence. It is. That will, main, that will be maintained in terms of our understanding. But in terms of our ability to tap into his truths, this is okay, we are human beings, ultimately speaking, and as a result, there'll need to be a simsum. Derech mashal, I'll give you, uh, and he'll, he'll almost say it explicitly, well, the Torah is written, so to speak, kelashon b'nei adam, the Torah is written with stories and, uh, and laws which are coarse and specific within this world, is that when we talk about da'at elukim, when we talk about something that transcends all worlds, is supernal in nature, that's how you'd envision Torah. That's the tzimtzum of the Torah, which means to say it uh, is infinite in potential, as I always mention. But uh, alternatively, it has this way of having, so to speak, the garments, the cloaks of this world. He describes this as being throughout the olamot. Of course, the vision of these being many olamot, which are all connected and chained one to the other. And as you descend, well, we move further from uh, the, let's call it the kedushah or elyon, the, the ultimate quote-unquote kedushah. And as you descend in terms of our understanding of Torah, in terms of our understanding of these realms and domains, it's in turn going to mean that although it's mirroring or it's shadow of the earlier world, and you'll find within this world that which it comes from, is to a certain extent, as a result, we'll be able to find sparks of divinity even in this world. But ultimately speaking, you'll need to, by definition, 
I move further. I'm in derech mashal again. If you speak to a child, you can speak. I've mentioned, my father told me when I was uh, young, when I started in the Ravana, maybe 10 years ago or so, he told me that Chacham uh, Avraham Raful, he remembers him saying it at least once, maybe more than once. He said, Hakol efshar lomar You can say everything if you say it with wisdom. Now, that's got a lot of dimensions to unpack, but in the very basic sense, you can speak to children on the level of adults if you speak to them with appropriate levush, which means to say I can cloak a message which has depth and actually let it penetrate the heart of an immature child the same way I would an adult. When I speak to the child, I speak with stories. I speak with matters which are relevant to them. When I speak to the adult, I don't need perhaps, depending on which adult, right? I don't need the same stories. I don't need the same circumstances and pomp and ceremony within which I'm going to place it. I say it all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing Migilates there, teaching it to the students in the school. Happens to be the school purposefully schedules it for the 10th graders that they're learning it around this time of the year. So the boys asked me last week, maybe two weeks ago, what you teach us, do you teach the men in the Knesset as well? So I said, absolutely. They said, but you do it the same way? I said, not even close. I said, over here, I'm yelling, I'm putting on a show, and I do. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole show. The same points. Ultimately speaking, I got, maybe it'll take me a little bit longer, not because I'm I'm dumbing it down because I'm breaking it down based on them, based on their understanding. They need more, generally speaking, more entertainment as well. And as a result, I'll be packaging in such a fashion. That's the description over here. Now, by definition, once you repackage it, once you explain it in a different fashion, something, again, otherwise you'll lose it all. Something will be lost. In other words, if I need to put clothing on something, by definition, its essence is lost. I don't have the essence. Now, I'll be describing it to you in some way that you'll be able to touch upon it, but you're missing the essence. Now, of course, if I threw the essence at you, you wouldn't know at all what I'm talking about. That's the idea with Torah as he talks about the simsumat of Torah. The Torah has stories of this world and very purposeful. You're speaking to human beings. You'll need to describe it in such a fashion we've described on more than one occasion that this is, again and again and again, we come back to this point. This is the explanation. This is the depth of that Gemara that the angels give us the Torah. It's nonsense. How could you give them the Torah? They're not involved in this world. Point being, they want that essence of the Torah. They want the Torah, quote-unquote, on the higher Olam, they wanted, uh, when it's not packaged within the Mishalim, the Sipurim, and the Halachot of this world, it is relevant to them, just like it is to all of existence. That's the idea through and through over here, Kadesh Yuchal Olam, Lisbol Kedushat Orat, so that this world will be able to to carry, to be able to deal with that kiddusha of the or, or of course being the sublime manifestation, existence of Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Omnam, im shehi medaberet batachtonim, romezeti bahem gufei Torah ve'inyanim penimiim. He says, ultimately speaking, when I tell that story to the students, when I put on the show, as I mentioned a moment ago, there's something that underlies it. It might take either listening to the class of the men, which sometimes I'll send to them as uh, to, to the higher level students, was they want to go deeper, they want to answer, so I'll send them something or I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have them read something or so. Okay, I understand, but ultimately speaking, what's embedded in what I'm teaching them, maybe subversively, but ultimately speaking, 
speaking, it's there, are the inyanima pnimiim. That's there. They're there to understand it. That's the whole point. Upnimiim lipnimiim. And sometimes, and certainly in Torah, there's beyond just the inner layer. There's the inner of the inner layer. Gavoha me'al gavohad in tachlit. When you're dealing with Torah, this is infinite potential. So you're going all the way, all the way in, and that's all there. It might be cloaked. It's certainly clothed in such a fashion. Va'ayin bazor beha'alot echar bishimon omer v'chule parashat toledot amar biyosef. Vaday, kol mad'avid kutsha b'rechu be'ar'ah, kula hava b'raza de'chokhmeta, all that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done and will do in this world. It's b'raza de'chokhmeta, it's got this raz, raz means a secret, chokhmeta. Chokhmah is oftentimes what we talk about, that first spark of wisdom is the chokhmah, the vision, the thought, the inspiration, that's raza de'chokhmeta, which means to say, although it appears as if I'm dealing with an action in this world, you might call it the most outer layer of, of manifestation, that nefesh level, but there's nishama that's embedded within it. It's razad de It's the innermost secret and 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 pinimi of of concealment that's all there with regards to what's maybe being cloaked as just what happens. Parashat balak tu patach ve'amar kamat tavin inun orchinu shvilin de oraita. How wonderful these ways of Torah are vechule. And if you read in each of these sources onward, you'll understand. It's along the same lines. The Torah has this, my words of the Hachamim, I'm just using it in this context. It's Gilui Tefah and Kisui Tefahai. Megale Tefah, Mechase Tefahaim is the way the Gemara describes in one place or another, um, so to speak, uh, of the Hachamim, their way of, of sexual uh, encounters. Megale Tefah, Mechase Tefahaim. At every moment where there's exposure, you're seeking concealment even more, which means to say we find that in relationships, certainly relationships with HaKadosh absolutely it's a vision in which he exposes to us but we know that what underlies it is tifahayim there's twofold if not more in terms of the depth for that reason by the way that as well certainly I I don't know about others I'm very open to uh, some people will be close to that method of Torah I don't like when they do gematriot I can't stand when they tell stories I don't understand the, the claims as long as, and I generally speaking assume that they are, they're touching on truth, so maybe it's not my flavor, maybe it's not your mode of thought, generally speaking, but they're not speaking sheker, they're speaking emet, so they're touching on, they're tapping into a different domain. And if you can penetrate that, if you can truly get to the depths of that, so you're going to find the chokhmah that's inherent within. Again, that's assuming the person and the sources from which they're being called are emet, that they are drawing from Torah. But that being the case, it's just a different cloak. I know, I know that it bothers people and they say it takes away. It doesn't take away if you have that vision. It's for the same reason as well when they teach children. There's always a question. When you teach children, should we be teaching them midrashim? Maybe you don't teach them midrashim. Expose them to midrashim later on. I'm all for, I'm always a proponent of teaching Midrashim to children. But it's a mistake, I'm always told they're going to confuse it, they're going to believe that Midrashim are literal. As if we do this education system appropriately, so then we grow them into a depth of understanding of Midrashim. No, but then, okay, but if you closed it off from them at that age, number one, they don't know what anyone else is talking about because everyone around them is talking about Midrashim. And number two, they've lost that ta'am, that beauty, that flavor of Torah, 
which is imbued through Midrashim. So to hide it from them, to say, I'm going to only touch it, the uh, cut and dry, uh, black and white of Peshat and Pesukim, to children is a mistake, to adults is a mistake. I mean, uh, but ultimately speaking, I'm touching up. All right, but the Torah in its entirety, if seen through these lenses, is a Torah which is cloaked by definition. You're not just speaking the absolute, you're speaking the absolute, which is cloaked within this levush, uh, these malbushim. Kama itlan istakala bepitkame oraita, parashat zohar beshalach. Each of these sources, which he's just quoting you the first few words, of course, if we, we were to look inside at them, they're touching on this point. Parashat toledot boraita, inun kol razin ilain hatimin. You can find all the razin, again, secrets, ilain, uppermost. In other words, you deal with the depths of the depths, hatimin. They're signed in there, so to speak, sealed within it. Vehem pratut inyane kol haribeh ribo'ot ha'olamot v'hamadregot shenitlabesha bahem derchiritata. These are tens upon tens of thousands of olamot and madregot, depths upon depths, within depths of understandings that you can have within Torah because it has so many levushim that overlie it. Ve'lachen shigura b'fi ha'zohar de'oraita kula ihi satim ve'galia. I've always loved those words. Zohar, in several places, that's shigura, something that's shagur bapeh, something that you say often. Zohar oftentimes will describe Torah as satim, it's concealed, ve'galia, and it's exposed. That's self-country, that's an oxymoron. It can't be concealed and revealed. But that's the point. That's what we've been discussing thus far. You're dealing with something which appears to be open, and it is open. That's not a facade, but what underlies it is greater, is deeper. Interestingly, says Nefesh HaChayim, it's for that reason that he describes Nistar. When we talk about Chochmat HaKabbalah, we talk about it as Seter. It's the uh, the Samech of Pardes, Peshat, Remez, Derash, Sod, Nistar. You're dealing with something that's that's concealed. Says Nefesh HaChayim, I'll tell you what's concealed. It's not hidden from all view and, and impossible to to uh, penetrate and to arrive at. What it, what it means that it's nistar is that what meets the eyes when you read the story, when you understand the halakha, you just get the course, most elemental, elementary uh, uh, vision of it. When you delve into it further, you find that nistar which was embedded in the nigleh. It's interesting, and I want to pause for, well, we'll read his parentheses for a second. These parentheses, he criticizes. In these parentheses, he says, I read in another book, I don't know what book he's referring to, says, I found another book that the description, the understanding of nistar is, it has to do with the level of the person. Nistar means it's more difficult to discern, which means, say, when I become a Kabbalist, when I become proficient in mysticism, it's no longer nistar for me. He says, absolutely not. This is not talking about the capacity of a human being. This is talking about the essence of Torah. So Torah Torah has nistar, it's the nistar dimension, because it's that which is not meeting the eye. What meets the eye is the clothing. What's nistar is what lies underneath the clothing. That's what he criticizes in those parentheses. For just a moment, I'll take you to this page with sources. In the first source, it's from the, the book Leshem Shavu Ve'ahlama and Sefer Hadda'a. This is, a, his name was Rabbi Shalomo uh, Eliashiv. He was the grandfather of them, maybe Rabbi Eliashiv that many of you are familiar with, the one that I had the privilege to, to meet and to 
to hear uh, and, and pray with many many a time. Anyway, so in his grandfather's book, in the Leshem, which is a well-known Kabbalistic, one of the greatest Kabbalistic works of the 20th century, so in here he criticizes or he disagrees with Nefesh HaHayim. He says, that's not why it's called Nistar. As Nefesh HaHayim suggests, of course, precedes the Leshem, as it suggests it's because it's, there's Niglen, there's Nistar, and it's within the Nigle that you'll find that Nistar, which is underlying it, this is not why it's called Nistar, because it says if that were the case, so then perhaps we should call Torah Baal Peh Nistar, because ultimately speaking, uh, the matters in Torah Shebikhtav are Remuzim and the Hachamim in Torah Baal Peh bring it out. In other words, when we learn Gemara, we don't open up and say, let's have our class on Nistar. It's not Nistar, it's Torah Baal Peh. So what's the difference then, according to Nefesh HaChayim, between Torah Baal Peh and Zohar, Torah and Nefesh HaChayim. Also, if you're telling me what I'm doing is finding what's underlying the text, well, that's what I'm doing in Torah Baal Peh and Gemara and Mishnah as well and all the traditions that we have. And as a result, he suggests, and again, I don't, uh, not again, I would suggest Nefesh HaChayim, and as we read onward, I'll try to bring this forth for you, would not disagree with this per se. I think there is a dimension of this in his words as well. He suggests the Nistar of Torah Ta Nistar is the fact that we will never fully understand it, so to speak, along these lines. Whereas Nigle, in his vision, uh, you can master it. So, I mean, you're actually going to master every facet and every feature? Certainly not. But you're going to wrap your head around so much of it. Nistar, what you're dealing with are dimensions of Torah, which by definition will be inexplicable. A human mind will not arrive at all of Nistar's understandings and revelations and, and descriptions. That's why it's called Nistar. So Nistar Milashon Seter, it's actually hidden. Whereas for Nefesh HaChayim, it's Nistar, it's that which we reveal from the revealed text and it's underlying it. And I found it. For Leshem, it's Nistar because it'll never be open. It's a secret. You know, we talk about contemporary secrets. Secrets in today's day and age are just a matter of time until you find out what the secret is, right? So that's the question over here. Nefesh HaHayim has the contemporary secret. It's a secret which, well, it's there for the opening, and nobody actually thinks you're going to keep the secret. Whereas Leshem says, no, 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 this is never going to happen. You'll never find it. To the extent that he says, he quotes from that Mishnah in, uh, in Masechet Hagigah, there are certain portions of Torah that you're not supposed to teach Barabim. They're not supposed to be revealed. We're instructed and warned against uh, revealing or searching and uh, you're not supposed to be Doresh and so forth. Well, that being the case, that is the, that's their Mahlok. And again, the Mahlok, in my mind, not being so fundamental, but drawing forth different aspects in terms of Nistar and Nigle. I'll just bring forth one further aspect. It's an ironic one. It's one that I like to talk about often. It's in sources two and three, and it goes as follows. And of course, if you look at those sources, one's from Moreni Vuchim Harambam's uh, philosophical work, always seen as a very rationalistic, as it should be, uh, the vision of philosophy. And the next one is from the Perush Rikanati Ala Torah Rabbeinu Menachem Rikanati, a 13th century Italian rabbi, as uh, Dr. Glazer did the uh, research on this for me once. Um, well, each of them bring forth not an identical, but a very similar description, ironically, because uh, Rikanati was quite the mystic, 
doesn't speak in rational terminology, generally speaking. Harambam is far from being that typical quote-unquote mystic. They're both dealing with the fact that the Torah says in Parashat Mishpatim and elsewhere again, and again, what Parashat Kitese, it says, uh, or maybe Emor again, uh, it says, The Torah describes an eye for an eye. So what does it mean, an eye for an eye? The Gemara at the beginning of the 8th Perek of Masech Bavakama goes at great lengths to tell you it doesn't mean Mamash. It means mamon, means money. So then why does the Torah say in such a way? Okay, the Chachamim have their interpretation, but it doesn't mean that to the extent that Harambam elsewhere writes that that's what's called perush mekubal mimoshe Rabbeinu. It means that the text was intertwined with the interpretation. We have Ayn Tahadayn as, so to speak, God and Moshe transmitted it to the people they told them, but it doesn't mean, as it sounds, you poked out someone's eye, you will poke out their eye. It means rather you pay the value of their eye. Do not take out their eye. That would be against the Torah. So, same way that etrog periyat sadar is perush mekubal Moshe Rabbeinu. But wait a second, I'm trying to understand, maybe it means a pepper, says the Gemara. No, it can't mean that. Why not? I'll use midocha Torah nitreshet bahim. I'll use the clues and terminologies and so forth. No, those methodologies are all null and void. I told you the interpretation. It's not that I came into the class and I told you something that was cryptic, open to interpretation. I told you the interpretation. That's perush mikubal Moshe Rabbeinu. Well, interestingly, says Harambam in his Moren Buchim, says Rikanati. No, it's not really so. What do you mean it's not really so? No, ayin tahatayin is mamash. You're kidding me. But the Gemara says I'm not allowed to say so. Uh, it's If someone knocks out the other person's eye, you can't take out their eye. Says Arambam, don't get too thrown off by that. It says Arambam, you know, it's really supposed to go. You're supposed to take away their ever. You're supposed to take away their eye. He says, and uh, if you look at the second line at the end, don't get thrown off the fact that ultimately speaking, we only punish with money. Right now, he says, I'm going to tell you what the psukim mean, not what the Talmud means. And when I see you eye to eye, he says, when I see you face to face, Harambam writing to his student, I'll explain to you what the Talmud means. Do you understand what just happened over here? Everything got flipped. The Torah Shibichtav became the Nistar, and the Torah Shibalpeh, excuse me, the, the opposite, right? The Torah Shibalpeh, and it was, what, you, what you just came out with is, right, but, uh, I said it right, yes, is Torah Shibalpeh, is Ayn Tahatayn, but you're not going to understand that. No, but it's Mamash, but you're not going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you the Nistar in front of you. Whereas the Torah Shibalpeh, that's the revealed, oh, that's what you're going to deal with. Rikanati has something similar. He says, tu Kabbalah, at the end of the paragraph over here. He says, certainly, Kabbalah means tradition, the Gimaram Bavakaman, Daf Pegimal, that we're dealing with Mamon. However, however, Omnam Kach, why was it written Ain Tahatain? The Sod Gadol Me'od, for a, a, a secret of, 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 of uh, uppermost matters. Which means to say that when I'm reading Torah Shibachtav in this context, I'm reading the Sod. That's what's meaning the eye. No, 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 but maybe the sword is what underlies No, no, that's the, 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 the nigle is what underlies it. Which means to say, when I envision Torah and when I understand the this this enmeshing of nistar and nigle, I really have a lot. I mean, we mentioned three dimensions. First and foremost, Nefesh Hayim talks about it in the context of 
what meets the eye in the text, there's much that underlies it that you can and will reveal, but we call that Nistar. It's a well-known passage in Zohar when it refers to the Pesukim at the end of Parashat Vayishlach. At the end of Parashat Vayishlach, it describes the kings of Edom. Why are you mentioning so many kings of Edom? And each one of them dies until you mention the last one. We don't hear about his dying. So what's, what's the idea of each? And the Zohar has a major passage. It's a well-known passage with regards to what the significance is over there with regards to all of that. That's an important feature and important matter to, to be mentioned. That's dealing with the and then you have Leshem. Leshem says, no, there's Nistar. Don't go too far because you won't be able to figure it all out. I, I add one more dimension from Rikanati and Harambam. There's the Nistar which is staring at you. What do you mean it's staring at me? That's the, 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 what seems to be Nigle is really Nistar. Ain Tahatayin is the Nistar. That's really the way it's supposed to be, but I can't really explain to you what it is. Let me tell you the Torah Ba'alpe interpretation instead. That's what you're going to work with. It means that the actual text stays a secret. Continues Nefesh Ahayim, however, in developing this point. Does it have anything to do with, if we would delve a little deeper, is, does it have anything to do with Din and Rachamim as well? To go back that there's two sort of, uh, two realities that the... That what everything. Everything to do with that. And, and it could flip-flop also. It doesn't mean that since the Torah is Nistar, in, is Nigle in one spot, or Nistar in one spot, it doesn't mean that it's continuously Nigle or Nistar. Correct. It's constantly flipping. Correct. You are, you are getting revealed different manifestations and different visions for human beings of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence. Absolutely. Rav Kook writes about this with regard to this matter. He talks about that Ayn Tahat Ayn Mamash of the Torah being, so to speak, Deen. And the Hachamim bringing forth the Rahamim that's inherent within. Of course, it seems contradictory for you and me. Is it Mamon or is it Mamash? You'll need a, a time far beyond hours in order to reconcile the two. But indeed, that's exactly the point. Through and through, when you deal with many of these Nigle and Nistars, that's what you're dealing with. Two different visions, each of which has some particular aspect and feature which we can relate to, and one sometimes less so, or each one in its own way. Omnam continues Nefesh HaHaiman 767. Oh, excuse me, that's that's what we read. Excuse me, that's the beginning of the, of the page. So it's at the bottom of the page. Now, Every word of the Torah has those uppermost secrets. 769. So how are we going to arrive at the Nistar or at a facet of the Nistar? According to your Chokmah, according to your Sechel, according to your Taharat Alev, according to your Esek, according to your involvement, and according to your understanding, so forth. That's how each person, Kefima Shehu, is going to achieve and arrive at certain truths of Torah in that Nistar respect. Omnam Ikar HaTa'ame Torah, Sod Nishmeta Nishmeta Dila, Sitre Setarea, Hema Devarim Shekisa Atik Yomin Ve'etikan Mibiriyot. So you hear those are the words that, that Leshem was talking about. That's what I told you. Nefesh Haim is going to talk about this. He talks about the Ikar Ta'amea Torah, the true reasons and essence of the Torah is Nishmeta le Nishmeta. Nishmeta le Nishmeta means it's the innermost essence of the innermost essence. It's not just an N innermost essence, not just uh, skimming away the uh, the superficial. It's going in and, and beyond in. Ishlo Amadain. It says no human being has arrived at. That's what I meant when I said earlier, although he describes Nistar as you just 
just uh, take off the glazing and you'll find it. He admits to Leshem. It's only a question fundamentally of what we call, quote-unquote, Nistar, which in my mind is not such a fundamental question. The question really is, how broad and expansive can we be in appreciating and understanding this Nistar? Rakavinu Harishon hu asher hisig behinat nishmetal nishmetal delay says there was one human being who was able to achieve this innermost nishama le nishama and that was Avinu Harishon he's referring to Adam Harishon Shebahayam istakel bezihara ilaa nishmetal nishmetal shel Torah kedusha hachokmot ha'elionot ha'yugeliot lefana b'shorish shosham ha'elion he's referring to this or haganuz which I'll refer to almost explicitly in just a moment and that was the ability of Adam Harishon kodem ahet to achieve to perceive the essence of existence, so to speak, to come the closest that a human being could to uh, the uh, understanding of Yehud Hashem, of tapping into the essence and truth of existence. And from the time of sin, and the zihara, that radiance of from above, was was istalek, was uh, was was moved away from nitbalbelu v'nitarbevu asedarim ha'elionim nistemu gam nitivot u'shvilin ha'elionim dechokmetad deoraita. So that nishmetal nishmetad dila, as a result, Torah in its full essence became obscured, became confusing, became uh, a mixture of call it uh, uh, um, Jared of Dean and Rahamim and so forth. Vigam, and so this is the interesting part for me, for our purposes right now, Ma'amad HaKadosh, we always talk about Barat, Ma'amad HaSinai, we achieved back to Adam HaRishon, and just a moment ago he said, no, nobody but Adam HaRishon. Be'et Kabbalat HaTorah Kedoshah, after it basem alma, even though the world became, so to speak, enlightened, Ad she'amru zikhunam nivracha Yisrael she'amdu HaSinai pa'asekazu ha'matam, the Gemara and Shabbat, Adam says that Israel who stood at Har Sinai Pasekai was stopped for us the Zuhama that poison of and filth of the Nahash it means we went back to Adam Rishon Im Koze Lo Zachudasig Rak Omek Penimiyut Hanishmeta Deoraita Avalo Bechinat Hanishmeta Lenishmeta ultimately speaking Am Yisrael even at their highest moment well they got to a depth but not the depths of depths why not? Well, for just a moment, I'm just going to back up or, or, or uh, support his claim of Am Yisrael never actually getting to, quote-unquote, the essence of the essence. The Gemara Masechet Sukkai, in source number four, and Dafhe says, Rabbi Yosef's statement in the Beraita, Never did the Shekhinah actually descend to Mata, to our realm. Neither did Moshe or even Eliyahu make their way all the way up to the Marom, and the Gemara challenges it. What do you mean? HaKadosh Baruch to have descended, and Eliyahu and Moshe seem to have ascended, says the Gemara, and all of those, lema'ala or lemata me'asara tefahim, asara tefahim is the terminology of the hachamim as a domain, as a space which is significant. Well, that being the case, what their statement, his statement would be, I'll say more than anything, was, is and was, as much as there was perceived by Moshe, by Eliyahu, as much as HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol was misamsimit atzmo into olamenu, at the time of Ma'amat HaSinai, Never fully. But why not? First, the Gemara Masechet Hagigan, Dafyot Gimala Mudalif, the Gemara over there talks about the different Rikiim, the different upper realms, and says the Gemara, there are some, there are one or two that we can't even conceive of, and it cites that Pasuk from Sefer Ben Sirah, Bamufleme Mechal Tidrosh, Ubamchuseme Mechal Tahkor, when matters which are concealed, which are covered and wondrous from you, don't even bother yourself entering into those domains. But why not? The answer is because you're a human being.
That's the ultimate answer. Adam HaRishon, we can't compare to humanity as we have it after Chet. Which means to say that although we can envision his time, his essence as being one which tapped into Nishmeta and Nishmeta, by definition, as a human being, as high as you'll rise, you're still a human being. And that means there are barriers by definition. And therefore, as much as we'll delve, there's still a nistar dimension within existence that will never be revealed. It's the ultimate giluya of Yehud to human beings, which is impossible because as a human being, you by definition are finite in your understanding and your capabilities. Nefesh Ahayim concludes this and he writes, Ad asher ruach mimaron hu yitbarach et ruho al kol bazar. He says, there will come a time where HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol will be shofech, he'll spill, he'll emanate to all from his ruach. Az yitkalum mabu'in dehokmeta nitibot piliyot hachokma ilyona nishmeta le nishmeta dila. It says, at that, at that point, at that juncture, what we call a harita maybe olam haba, a time period during which, or a state of being during which, that's when it will be open. But in this world, we won't have such a reality. Truth is, on 771, as he closes it, he talks about Adam Harishon, and he describes Adam Harishon, there's something very interesting about it. He says, Adam Harishon, it's in the first bu- black bullet on 771. The Gemara talks about this, well, the Torah talks about Gan Ba'edin Miketin. This Eden is a vision we could discuss, we have on other occasions, the, so to speak, the, uh, at least to my understanding, the, uh, the sword of this Eden. But we're describing visions and understandings and perceptions. He says, Adam HaRishon, he had it. That's forever lost, so to speak, to humanity. The Gemara Masechet Berachot seems to suggest that even he doesn't write this, even Adam HaRishon didn't truly understand the Eden. Which means say, even at the time during which humanity was at its apex, Adam HaRishon, Kodem even then, which makes sense. He's not God. He's not divine. What sort of Musar Haskil is there from all this? So I'll conclude with these words of Rabbi Salvech. And it doesn't need a Musar Haskil. It could just be an understanding. But it's an understanding which I think has a certain depth. And Rabbi Salvech wrote and talked about this all the time. And that is in this essay, for example, Your Majesty and Humility. He talks about, well, take a look, the dual religious experience of Majestas and humili, humilitas dei, majestas, milashon majesty, the grandeur, the malchut, humilitas is the humility, is the, is the concealment. So he describes herein the Hagadosh Baruch Hu at times manifesting himself with all his grandeur, he's melech hakabod, he's ishmil hama. And then there's the Kol And then there's the moment in which he visits Abraham. And we don't even know what he says to him. There are the moments in the Kadosh Baruch Hu's description of himself to us, of majesty, and then there's the humility. And he goes on and he describes that's who we are as human beings as well. Judaism, look at the second paragraph, however, knows that the kingship victory morality is not always adequate. We are commanded, right, to be Kovesh to be we're supposed to be kings of the world to dominate to take over and to influence 
So we've said before that man meets God not only in moments of joy and triumph. We don't only find God at Rosh uh, Simchatenu. We find God as well. We find the Minha Mesar, but also in times of disaster and distress when God confronts him in the narrow straits of finitude. Minha Mesar from out of the depths. I guess I stole from him. Then he encounters not Majestas Dei, Dei meaning Kakadosh Baruch God, but Humilitas Dei. God's glory compressed into the straits of the human finite destiny. We do have two more realities, one of victory and triumph, one of withdrawal and retreat, which means to say in our attempt to be to be imitatio dei in the words of, of Latin as Rabbi Soloveitchik is setting it forth for us. We're imitating HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're acting like him and we're understanding Certainly he doesn't have that humility because, quote unquote, he doesn't have the full case. He's infinite. But we in our finitude look at his relationship with us and it gives a certain aspect of humility that's engagement with other people engagement with the world it's that difficult ability to say i don't know the concept of nistar which nefesh hayim has been drilling home in this perik and perik afchet here in sha'an dalit is very much not only a feature and facet of torah in limut torah but in life in general, who are you as a human being? You're a person who believes that they can conquer all good. Imagine that for a few moments. Live your life 99% of the time like that. For 1% of the time, just actually be honest with yourself and realize there's nistar. You're not going to be a You're not going to be able to. There's not all. You're a human being. Ultimately speaking, you're a human being with flaws, with finite capabilities, with maybe dreams and ambitions and goals which transcend all universes and realms. But ultimately, speaking, you can't, and that's the way you were made, purposefully so, kivyachol, modeling the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears to us, which means to say, as Nefesh HaChaim sums up here in Per Kafhet, that Nistar of Torah, and again, why is he describing that to us in context, he's telling us Torah as great and as much as it is the essence, the blueprint of all, as he told us in the last Perik from Zohar, as he's told us several times, ultimately speaking, there will remain a Nistar dimension. There'll be the Nistar that you can skim away and find and embedded somehow. There'll be the Nistar, which is the text sometimes, fascinatingly. And then there'll be the Nistar that you're just not going to comprehend. The Nistar that will be sometimes staring at you, the Ayin So why does the Torah say it? Like, we can postulate, we can pontificate. Ultimately speaking, I'm not certain. I'm supposed to go with Mamon. I'm living in a world of, call it Din and Rahamim together. I have to live as Mamon. Can't really understand that. But that, I think, has an enduring lesson. It's the lesson of humility. It's the lesson of, at most, in general, in life, achieving majesty. We search, we seek to be mehadesh Torah, to understand, to influence others, to grow our families, to grow ourselves. But there's the moments, and there needs to be more than one in our lives, of humility, of understanding, but there's nistar. As much as I'm going to try to achieve, I won't. I'm not godly. I might be godlike, but I'm not godly. I'm Yisrael at Har Sinai. Even they couldn't get to Nishmeta le Nishmeta. Allah had kama vechama each of us. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.